and stand and read the scripture, John 15, 26, 27, and chapter 16, 7 through 15. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the Lord. Shorter Catechism, question answer 89. How is the world made effectual to salvation? Let's continue our prayer. Father, we are like sheep stubborn, ignorant. We turn and walk away from you when we think it's convenient for us or when we don't even know any better, that we can't save ourselves. But you've sent your spirit, and we thank you for that. We ask that your spirit would breathe through us in this coming week. And for Steve, as he delivers the message that you have given him through your word, that we would be hearers of the word and doers of the word, not just hearers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. For those of you who are employed, how do you describe what you do? From time to time, we ask people as we meet them, okay, what is it that you do? And then we have, we have an answer. And oftentimes we have a, a more complicated answer, and then sometimes we have a, a simple answer to that. Uh, I talked to a guy once who, um, he had a pretty complicated job with the Air Force. And he was known as, he, he, was, a, he was a boom operator on a KC-135 tanker. So kind of a complicated job, 
he was responsible for refueling in his airplane, refueling another airplane, both of them in the air at the same time. And he was the one who made that refueling take place. He's actually, actually the one who did it. And there's, uh, there's quite a description on the process that he went through explaining his job. Uh, but there was also a simple explanation. And his simple explanation was, I lie on my stomach and pass gas. So when, as we talk today about what does the Holy Spirit do, what is his job, there is a more complicated answer, but there's also a simpler answer. We're going to look at that today. We are in the middle, as you know, middle of a series on the Upper Room Discourse, and in the middle of that, we're doing this little mini-series on the Holy Spirit, and the reason that we're doing that is because... In John chapter 14, 15, and 16, we have all these little snippets that keep referring to the Holy Spirit, and yet these little snippets all put together, they make a significant contribution to our understanding of the Holy Spirit. So last week we got started with this, and Andrew talked about who is the Holy Spirit. Today we pick up with what does the Holy Spirit do? And what does that have to do with us? And so if you look in your notes, you'll see that those are the two main headings that we want to consider this morning. What does the Holy Spirit do? And what does that have to do with us? On the one hand, those questions have very complex, very mysterious answers. But on the other hand, they have very fundamental and very simple answers. And today we're going with simple. So turn to your notes, and here's the main idea. And again, the main idea here gives us the simple answer to our two questions. Who is the Holy Spirit, and what does it have to do with us? So here's the main idea. The Holy Spirit shines a light on Jesus. The world will see the light and either hide from it or be lit by it. Those lit will shine the light on Jesus. So two questions. Question number one, what does the Holy Spirit do? Now we can get an answer to that question this morning very simply by just looking at the text. And so I want you to look uh, at the scripture passage. If you have a pencil, you might even want to underline what I'm going to tell you here. We're going to look at I will send and, and he will, or I will and he will. So start in, in chapter 15 and look at verse 26 and See the I, I will, underline, underline that. So this is speaking of Jesus. Jesus is saying, I will send to you the Holy Spirit. And then in the same verse, underline the he will. He will bear witness about me. Now go down to chapter 16 and look at verse 7. And again, underline the I will. Okay, again, Jesus I will send him. And the next verse, verse 8, it says, 
he will, he will convict. All right, then go over to verse 13. Are you with me? All right. Now it says, when the spirit of truth comes, then we have another he will. Underline that. He will guide you into all the truth. For he will, not speak on his own authority, then, then he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. And then the last verse, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Do you get all that? All nine of those he wills. And so if we want to know what the Holy Spirit does, well, you can kind of get it right from the text, can't you? Jesus will send the Holy Spirit, and then he will do what? Well, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will, job description here, bear witness, convict, speak, declare. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. Straight from the lips of Jesus. Red letter words in your Bible. Now we're going to take those nine he wills and we're going to group them into three, into three groups. And so that's the three sub points that are in your notes. You with me? Okay. So what will the Holy Spirit do? Number one, the Holy Spirit will bear witness about Jesus. From chapter 15, verse 26. The Holy Spirit will bear witness about Jesus. Now that, that sentence kind of encapsulates the other two points in the outline. So this is like the primary point of the three. That sentence very well could have been our, our main idea. That sentence really captures everything about the Holy Spirit. So if you don't get anything, if you don't understand anything about the Holy Spirit, understand this. The Holy Spirit will bear witness about Jesus. The Holy Spirit will shine on Jesus. Last year, November the 18th, in Las Vegas, at a convention center, for a time period of seven minutes, there was the largest laser light show that the world has ever seen. In fact, it broke the Guinness Book of Records on the biggest laser light show. In order to do this, they brought in 13 tons of equipment. They had over six miles of cable in order to accomplish this. Bringing together then 314 lasers at one time. It was a spectacular, incredible display of lighting power. If you can imagine 314 lasers all at the same time. And then there was Andrew Turner. Who? Who was that? Now, everybody in Las Vegas knew about this amazing light show that was taking place, or that had taken place. Everybody knew about it, but nobody knew about Andrew Turner. He was the guy behind the lights. 
The Holy Spirit will bear witness to Jesus. He is behind the light. The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. The Holy Spirit has everything to do with Jesus and his life at every point. From the very beginning, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary at Jesus' conception. The Holy Spirit came upon Simeon at Jesus' temple dedication. The Holy Spirit descended and, and anointed Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit was with Jesus in his teaching. And on and on it goes through the life of Jesus until finally that Jesus ascends into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit comes in power at Pentecost and does what? Bears witness. Bears witness to Jesus, to the apostles for that message to say, yes, Jesus has been raised from the dead. Now, in our text, nine times we read the Holy Spirit will, but we actually skipped over the one he will not. In verse 13, it says, the Holy Spirit, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that he will speak. Now, I think it's common for us to say, and maybe this is just in reform circles, I don't know, but we say, you know, we don't ever talk very much about the Holy Spirit. It just seems like we never talk about the Holy Spirit very much, and you know, what is that? And you know, and that's probably true, but this may be one of the reasons why we don't talk about the Holy Spirit that much. Because the Holy Spirit so often is not the subject, the main subject of the sentence. But often the Holy Spirit is the object of the preposition, right? How many times do we read by the Spirit, in the Spirit, through the Spirit? J.I. Packer gives us this picture. I think this is a really great picture of the Holy Spirit behind us shining over our shoulder a light on Jesus who stands before us. And that's a really helpful image to me, and I think you should kind of remember that as, as we're going through this text. The Holy Spirit behind me, shining his light over my shoulder, lighting up Jesus who stands in front of me. The Holy Spirit's message is not, look at me, listen to me. Come to me, get to know me. But rather, the Holy Spirit's message is always, look at Jesus, look at him and his glory. Listen to him, hear his words. Go to him and receive life from him. Get to know him and taste of his joy and of his peace. Seems like we, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we're always kind of taken up with, with what does the Holy Spirit have to do with me. What's, we're caught up with the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. We put ourselves in it, which is kind of what we do with everything, right? We put ourselves at the center of everything. And that is important, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in relationship to us. That's important. But here, I want you to see that the Holy Spirit is about Jesus. 
The Holy Spirit shines the light on Jesus. Now, how does he do this? And that's point number two. The Holy Spirit will convict the world. Verse 7 says, but if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will, this is the second he will, he will convict the world. And the text says that he will convict the world of three things. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, verse 9, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. So this first conviction has to do with concerning sin. Now, understand it this way. Think about the fact that darkness is not revealed as darkness until the light comes. Does that make sense? Darkness is not revealed as darkness until light comes. The light enters and then exposes the darkness for what it is. The light comes and it becomes obvious that it has been dark. That it, it exists in darkness. And even so, we exist in a, in a state of sin. We are sinful and we don't even know it. And then the Holy Spirit comes along and reveals Jesus and our condition is all of a sudden exposed and it becomes, it becomes obvious. It becomes obvious. And do you know what becomes obvious? What becomes obvious is that at the heart of our sinful condition is our opposition to Jesus. At the heart of our sinful condition is our opposition to Jesus. It's not ignorance. It's rebellion. It's, it's not confusion. It, it's rebellion and it's unbelief. And it kind of goes like this. We're, we're out there just living our lives, just busy, just doing whatever we do. We got some stuff to do and we're just busy and we're just living and we're just doing our thing. And then the Holy Spirit comes along and he shines his light on Jesus. And now we see, now we see Jesus. And not only that, now we see ourselves and we see what we have been doing. And now all of a sudden we see that we have been living our lives against him. We've been living and just kind of going our way happy and merrily and all of that. And now we realize that all along our lives have been opposed to him. Now it's obvious because he is standing right in front of us and he is the one that we have offended. And when the light shines, that becomes clear. That's conviction. That's conviction. But not only is he standing in front of us exposing our very, very messed up lives, but he is also holding out something to us. He's holding us mercy. Not only is he exposing our messed up lives, but he is holding out before us mercy. You cannot have Jesus standing in front of you and it has no impact. 
You cannot have Jesus standing in front of you and it does nothing. You have to do something. You will react to him. Either you'll run and you'll hide, cover up, or you'll play an intellectual game. You know, he's not really standing in front of me anyway. He's not really there. Or you will continue to fight, continue to rebel, rebel against him all the more. Or you will fall down and have mercy. Question number 87, you will have a true sense of sin and an apprehension of mercy. It is the work of the Spirit that brings us to the Lord. It is the work of the Spirit of conviction and of conversion. So the Holy Spirit will, first of all, convict of sin. Next, the Holy Spirit will convict of righteousness. Verse 10, he will convict of righteousness because I go to the Father. Now, I think vindication might be a better word here. And how should we understand this? I think, I think this is the point. The world rejected Jesus. So Jesus was there, he lived, and, and he, had, he had people opposing him, and, and still today, but there is this opposition to Jesus and they reject him, and his, and his death then as a criminal on the cross proves that he was nothing but a fake. So the people are able to say, see, we didn't believe him, and we were right because he's been crucified as a criminal. We were right in rejecting him. And then... Jesus is raised from the dead. Oops. And then Jesus ascends and is accepted into into heaven by the Father. Oops. And the Holy Spirit then comes along and shines the light on Jesus, shines the light on his resurrection, shines the light on his ascension to God, shines the light on his forgiveness, and Jesus is vindicated. Jesus raises from the dead, he enters into heaven, and now at sea, Jesus was right all along. And the world was wrong. And Jesus is vindicated, and the world is convicted. And now, the world's previous judgment that was against Jesus, he's a criminal and he's a fake, he's a fraud, that judgment is now reversed, and now Jesus is the judge. You see that? The world was making its judgment on Jesus. Jesus rose, went to heaven, and now Jesus is the judge, and the judgment is upon the people. It's all reversed. Now, that's, that's the third sub-point. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of judgment. Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Now that Jesus has done his work on the cross and his resurrection. So then the Holy Spirit comes along and he shines his light on Jesus as the king. 
and as the judge of the whole world. And when we see Jesus standing in front of us as the perfect, beautiful standard, our ugliness and our crooked standards have been exposed. Okay? So have you ever tried to draw a straight line with a warped ruler? Have you ever tried to level something when you're level, you know, that little bubble that's in there, the bubble is messed up? Have you ever tried to level something that way? Or have you ever tried to to do a wall and make sure that it's straight and your plumb line is messed up? See, if, if, if your standard is off, if that's, if that's off, then you don't realize that what you're producing is crooked. You don't even see it. And that's how it is with the world. The world has this crooked standard, this crooked measurement, this cr- crooked judgment of all things, and don't even know it. And then Jesus comes along and exposes it for what it is. And then what do we do with that? Well, we either run and hide, we play an intellectual game. Well, it's not really crooked. Looks straight to me. Or we continue on in our crookedness. Or we repent and believe. We see ourselves for who he is. We see Jesus for who he is. And it's the Holy Spirit who does his work that draws us to Jesus. Are you with me? Okay, point number one. The Holy Spirit will bear witness about Jesus. Point number two, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, point number three, the Holy Spirit will declare all we need to know about Jesus. The Holy Spirit will declare all we need to know about Jesus. Now, in verses 12 to 15, it says, The Spirit of truth will guide you into all the truth. He will speak and declare the things that are to come. Really? Is that right? Wow, this is great. So if I have the Holy Spirit, then I have, then I can have this, this, this like super wisdom. You know, I don't know what to do, and so I had this super wisdom because I've got the Holy Spirit who, who gives you all the truth. Or if I have this Holy Spirit, I can be a, I can be a genius. Or if I have a Holy, if I have the Holy Spirit, then then I could be a prophet because I could, it says I know the future. Now, we know that that's not right, but somehow, sometimes, we actually approach the Holy Spirit that way in our lives and in our direction as if the Holy Spirit is, is some kind of a Ouija board, you know, or one of those little black, one of those things called, those black things you used to have and you'd look in and those little words would come up when you ask it a question, Right? I mean, like, like that. Sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit that way. Like he's my personal, mystical answer man. Like a super Siri or super Alexa or something like that. And yes, the Holy Spirit is personal and is active in our lives. But if that's what we're thinking, then we're kind of really missing the point of this passage Jesus is specifically addressing the apostles who are going to be writing scripture. But even as it does relate to us, and it does relate to us, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to, what? Bear witness to Jesus. 
So the Holy Spirit is not going to teach us the truth about everything that we ever wanted to know. The Holy Spirit is going to teach us the truth about Jesus. That's what, that's what verse 14 says. The Holy Spirit will take what belongs to Jesus and he will teach you that. And even so, the Holy Spirit, it's not suggesting that the Holy Spirit is going to show you the things about your future. But rather the point is, the Holy Spirit is going to show the apostles the things that are in Jesus' future. His death, burial, and resurrection. Now, still, we can relate this to us. It does, it does concern us. But he will show us, the Holy Spirit will show us the significance of what God is doing in his world. The significance of God's salvation. He will show us the impact that the future kingdom will have in our lives. And isn't that what we really want to know? Not, it's not that we want to know the, all, the, all the little details about my life and, and, and my future and all of that. It's, that's not what we really want to know. What we really want to know is the details about the things of Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Question number one, what will the Holy Spirit do? Bear witness to Jesus. Convict the world. Declare what we need to know about Jesus. Now, question number two. What does that have to do with us? I'd love to stop preaching right here at this point, and I would love to turn this like into a, a class discussion and say, okay, now let's just talk about this. You heard, you heard the words of Jesus. You heard the, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will. So based upon that, based upon what the Holy Spirit does, what do you think? That means to us. The fact that the Holy Spirit bears witness to Jesus, what does that mean to me? Now, there is a very simple and profound answer to that, which is found in chapter 15, verse 27. Look at that, if you would. Look at verse 27. What's the, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with me? What's the answer from verse 27? What's the answer? What? You also will bear witness. You also will bear witness. That's what it has to do with us. Why was the Holy Spirit given to us? Why does the Holy Spirit convict us? Why does the Holy Spirit guide us? So that we will bear witness about Jesus. It's pretty simple. The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus so what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us? Is it so that we can be all about ourselves? Huh? Is the ministry of the Holy Spirit so that we can get our life all together and to, and to build our life and to build our kingdom and to do our thing? Is that what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is about? So imagine that you're going to a fireworks display, okay? You're going to go, and you've you got your lawn chair out there, and you're, you're going to see these great fireworks. And the, and the guy who's going to light the fireworks, okay, the light guy who's going to, the technician who's going to kind of set them all off, he comes out. 
and goes. Would you enjoy that? Is that what you came for? Huh? Are you getting my point? Is that about is it about me? Now, that is our temptation. Our temptation is to have the world look at me. Our temptation is that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would make it about me and how I look to the world. That's our temptation, but that is not who we are. That's not what we're about because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And since that Holy Spirit is in us, we bear witness to Jesus. Don't look at me. Look at that. Don't look at me. Look at this glorious display of salvation as he stands before you in his beauty and in his glory and in his mercy and his forgiving power. Look at him and receive him and believe him. That's what it's about. Let's pray. Lord, give us the faith to believe this. Expose, Lord, in our hearts and our lives what we're messed up, but cause us, Lord, to see Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son, for sending the Holy Spirit to us so that we could see Jesus and so that we can know him and so that we can be like him. Thank you for your ministry, O Holy Spirit, in doing that in us and through us. Thank you for not giving up on us when we get in the way. Help us to shine our lights upon Jesus, who is the Savior. Amen.